Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Donnie Fandango of 105.7 The Point. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast, take two for Jeff Burton, uh, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango. We tried this yesterday. Uh, the computer crapped out again. Uh, if it happens again today, I'm legitimately going to go George the Animal Steel and I'm just going to start wrecking stuff. going to eat a turnbuckle? Eh, that wasn't a good analogy hmm. at all. But I just meant go crazy and the like is what I meant Did more than really anything else. Did he really go crazy, though? He just ate turnbuckles. He just ate turnbuckles. Hmm. He was one of the first wrestlers that I remember, though, going, oh, my God, this guy's nuts. I love this. Did, what, the green tongue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was one of the few things He's I liked. Harry too. Oh, just a gross human being. Dude, 100%. Uh-huh. 100%. So, um, first and foremost, we tried to do this yesterday. Computer crapped out. So, we're doing it all over again. And we were hoping yesterday, as we were kind of dealing with this computer issue that the Blues would play last night, there would be a good game, there would be some positive things to talk about. Yesterday's podcast, Kerfuffle, yeah. was a sign of things to come. Boy, it sure was, man. I, I, I gotta tell you, man, I, l- listen, I, I in the years that we have been doing this podcast, I've learned so much from you. I have learned to not be critical of players' efforts a lot of times because by and large, they're going out there, they're working hard. It just sometimes the the results aren't there. Yeah. So I really try to 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 not, you know, bang on that effort drum. Jamie, last night was a crock. They are absolutely it's embarrassing almost at this point, man. I mean, maybe yeah. embarrassing is a little too hard of a word, but dude, like they should not be getting beat by the coyotes five to nothing. No. No, I agree. And it is embarrassing to a certain level. And I think if I think if the players aren't feeling embarrassed, uh, certainly frustrated at this point, then something's wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the problem, you know, because uh, I know that if it was my play that was not good, I would be very angry and embarrassed and I would want to change that. So hopefully that's the feeling they're having. So if you say oh, you don't want to say embar-, no, it is embarrassing. I mean, you go into um, a game against the, the Coyotes, you should win it. Uh, the environment is not what you're used to. You're at Mullet Arena. It's like, it's whatever. But then you follow it up with an effort that's just not where it needs to be. You get outworked by a team with less talent, and you lose 5 nothing. 5 nothing. That's got to sting. You have to, you have to hope that that stings. If it doesn't, if a guy walked out of that rink last night without it stinging, I don't want that guy on my team. 
So, and this is, you know, like, I can hear people yelling me, yelling at me about how I'm not a real fan, and that's fine. Yell all you want. But um, last night, after the second period was over, um, I started flipping, flipping around. And Mary was like, what are, you, what are you doing? There's still another period left. Aren't you going to watch it? And I was like, I don't know that I want to subject myself Were to that. Were you boycotting? I wasn't really boycotting. I just uh, I just needed a laugh, and we switched it on the Golden Girls, and that provided those laughs. Girls? Yeah, man, I love that show. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, that show is freaking hilarious. Who's your favorite? Oh, I definitely love Dorothy, man. I'm a Dorothy Spornak guy, man. Okay. She's she's fantastic. All but right. then, like, you know, man, Sophia, she's always great for the one liner. Mm-hmm. The same for Rose and Blanche. I mean, you know, she's she's her own person. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> So that's just what we went with. But I hate that, man. I hate that I don't want to watch. But, like, I kind of don't feel, Jamie, like they're giving us much of a reason to want to stick around. No, um, they're not. I mean, right now the only thing you feel is frustration. I was watching that game, too, last night. And, um, you know, I would have continued to watch it even if I hadn't been working because, obviously, I want to see what's happening. I want to dissect it in my brain. I'm a sick individual like that. I like to solve problems. There's a lot of them to solve. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Just you know, breaking down the game last night without without getting too far into detail on it. It just it's a lack of communication, um, lack of compete, and lack of execution. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Like, how else do you explain some of those goals? Like the turnovers. That's just like I don't know. I don't care. Here, I just throw the puck over here. And then, you know, Jordan Cairo at the blue line, stick handling. The number one thing you're told as a young hockey player, if you're the last man back, don't stick handle the puck while you're under pressure. Get it in deep. Get rid of it. Well, he lost it once, lost it twice, and then they just took it from him, went down and scored. And then the uh, the third goal right at the beginning of the period, say what you want about Braden Shen knocking the net off and all that stuff. They won the faceoff, went right in, and got a scoring opportunity immediately. And you had players laying in the crease and guys not even taking anybody, and then Schmaltz just puts it in the net. It's uh, it, uh, The goals, are the way they're happening is what bothers me because it's not a um, systems thing. It, it's not a coaching thing. It's a player give a crap thing. And you got Nico Mikula, like uh, on the one goal where, where him and Letty go to the same guy behind the net. What are you doing? That's never your job. That's never your job. You're the weak side defenseman. You take the front of the net. Or you communicate, and one of you stays in front. Both of them go, left a guy wide open in front. What the hell is Thomas Grice supposed to do with that? Right. Thank God it was Thomas Grice, because if it was Jordan Bennington, they would have said, the fans would have been like, let's get rid of Bennington. Right. Right. I actually had to to hold my tongue. There was a a guy that I follow from Buffalo for the Bills that was kind of bagging on Bennington, and I just... Uh. You don't, I just ignore that. You don't, you don't, you don't, you, you're not watching. You're, you're clearly, clearly not watching. Okay, so I have two uh, particular players to, to, to ask about, one of which um, I love what Jordan Cairo brings to the table. I love the skill set that he has. I understand that it's not easily duplicated. I understand that he's a young man. Yeah. Holy crap, Jamie. <clears throat> This dude does not play both ends of the ice hardly freaking ever. And to me, it's evident when he is working hard and when he is not. And it seems like he's not more often than not. Well, I don't know if he's not working more often. It's just it's very noticeable when he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's still your top scorer. So there's effort somewhere. Um, and it's on the offensive side. I'm not, I'm not relieving him of any blame here. 
Mm-hmm. I watch Jordan Cairo with frustration at times because the ability is there. If you know, if every player could skate the way he does and defend, like if Ryan O'Reilly could skate like Jordan Cairo. Oh my God! So I, I think I. I don't know why I do that. I, I look at that and I get frustrated for that because you got guys who aren't as able, and yet this you know this young man's being given a t- being given a ton of opportunity here. Heck, he's been given an incredible contract. His future is is everything is solved right now financially. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got to figure it out. He's got to figure it out. But here's the thing: in order to take away ice time from Jordan Cairo or to really send a message, somebody else has to step up and play. Because Chief is kind of, you know, uh, in a bad spot because you bench Thomas and Kyrou. Let's just say you do that because mm-hmm. you're not happy with the way they're playing at both ends of the ice. Now what? what now what? Like, right. who, who's scoring goals? Who's going to generate offense? Who's going to, like, you're not running away with games with the other guys right now. Yeah. And so. I, so you're in a position <laughs> where, where essentially you can't do that. He will do it at some point. I, I think it, uh, at this point he's had it. But it's still a very difficult spot to be in. You know, everybody wants to, like, bench a guy or trade this guy or get rid of this guy or healthy scratch this guy. Okay, but you got to play the Colorado Avalanche next and the Winnipeg Jets. You have to sit there and go, as a coach, the chances for this team to win are greater with all of my guys in the lineup, my regulars. Yep. And we're on a losing skid. It ain't pretty right now. So if I remove player X or Y or Z as far as my regulars. Let's say it's a Cairo and a Pareko. You're just like, I've had enough. That's it. Bam. Right. I play the avalanche. What's that look like? It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. Nope. Um, there's a slim chance that you like you squeak one out, right? Because that's everybody says, yeah, you'll win with some of the blue collar guys. Maybe you do. But what if you don't? Now coach is taking a stand on some players uh, and then continue to lose. And then you play Winnipeg again on Monday. Now what do you do? If what you did to those guys didn't work, now what do you do? You pick two more guys and put your team at risk of another loss against another good team? So you kind of back yourself in a corner, in other words. It's 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 like the, the recycle logo, right? You just go round and round yeah. and round. There's, there's no solution. The solution is for your guys that are in the lineup right now to compete at a higher level, mm-hmm. to give a crap. I'm seeing guys who just, it looks like they don't give a crap. And that's problematic for me. All right, so throughout the course of this season, one of the people in which that we have talked about a hundred freaking times and absolutely a fan lightning rod is Colton Pareko, big double nickel, the uh, the big number one defenseman. Yep. Jamie, what are you seeing with this guy? People complain about him so much that, honestly, I don't know a lot of times when he is doing it, when he's not doing it. He, to me, is another one of those just super inconsistent people in the lineup right yeah, now. Yeah, he's just got to simplify his game. You know, I'm watching Colton Pareko trying to do more than what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like when he joins the attack or he has the puck, he's stick handling and holding onto the puck forever, looking for a better play. Colton Pareko's at his best when he's had the, he's got the puck for, you know, pause to move the puck. Pause to move the puck. Nothing available, up the wall. Mm-hmm. And then his skating. You know, like if I was a coach, I'd tell him, every time you get the puck, I want you to take two hard strides up the ice. Because then you're halfway up the friggin' ice. Well, somebody has to react to it. Yeah. And if somebody comes to you, somebody's open. There's an opportunity to move the puck somewhere. So my dad used to tell me, too, growing up, is like, if you just stand there, or you go, you know, in the neutral zone, it goes D to D, and you're just waiting, waiting, waiting. No, you're not moving. Therefore, nobody else has to move. Mm-hmm. As soon as you move, you set into motion, somebody has to come to you. So usually that's when people can get open. And if they don't, you chip it up the wall. 
But then you're in motion. You can follow it up and get in on the forecheck. Yeah. Colton Pareko can do all of that, too. That's when he's at his best. It's when he's got two hard strides up the ice, and then he reevaluates. What are my options? I don't have one. I chip it in. How many times have you seen Colton Pareko do that? Chip it in, and then he's the first guy in on the forecheck. Well, dude, like, well, and when you see him bring that big body to the board, I mean, that's like a. I know. That's a thing, man, but I haven't seen, I don't feel like I've seen him do that in a while. It's because he's slowing his feet down, and he's hanging on to the puck, so he can't get going. He can't get the big freight train going. If he's doing what he's doing right now, and I think he's doing, I think the way he's playing right now is a result of him being rattled a little bit, mm-hmm. wanting to do more. And uh, sometimes the biggest fix or the be- the best fix is to just dial it back and do less. It goes without saying how crucially and critically important it is for you and your family to have the right dentist and to have a great dentist. And that's one thing that my family and I, we did it right. Crestwood Dental Group and Dr. Maxwell, they are going to take exceptionally amazing care of you and your family just like they do for me and mine. Kids just there a couple of weeks ago to get their teeth cleaned, Mary just the same. In and out, they always make it easy. One of the things I like the most about Dr. Maxwell, and I mean this in the best way, He's like a dental nerd, like he wants to know more, wants to learn more, wants to know all of the nuances of what can make your next experience in the chair better and easier on you. He knows that people have a lot of anxiety when going to the dentist office and he doesn't want you to have that. He just wants you to have great teeth and gum, you know, care and health. So reach out to Crestwood Dental Group. Check out the website, CrestwoodDental.com, or give them a call, 314-820-0909, 314-820-0909. Crestwood Dental Group, one of the proud sponsors of the Last Minute Blues podcast. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure how to go about this because th- there's not a right answer here, and I know when I say what I'm about to say, I can see your eyes rolling before they even do it, okay? But over the course of the last couple of weeks with the team being the way that it has, one of the things that I have kind of gone back to on more than one occasion in my own crazy mind is how this team looks with Petro back there as opposed to Tory Krug. And I know that it's, you you can't go back, but I mean. Are you trying it, to hot tub time machine this? It, it just seems like that Petro move is still biting us in the ass a couple years later. We, we, and I don't dislike Tory Krug. I don't dislike Nick Letty. I don't dislike really anybody on the back end like that. But it just seems like we are missing that, and not even necessarily a stay-at-home guy, but just somebody that, for lack of a better way to say it, knows how to friggin' play defense consistently. And I know, again, it's not helpful. He's gone. He's yeah. not coming back. There's nothing that we can do about it. But, man... It really seems like that's the kind of the mark where this thing started to kind of go awry a bit. Yeah, so here's here's what I've said about this from the very beginning is, um, well, a couple things. Let's just be sure here to, to present this the right way. They didn't come to an agreement. That was both sides. So whether it was one side or the other, whatever, both sides could not come to an agreement that they both agreed upon. Mm-hmm. So the Blues went their way. Petro went his way. Okay. Now, <clears throat> in a perfect world, there could have been an agreement. Because you needed Alex Petrangelo. He's a number one defenseman in this league. I would argue that he's in the top five defensemen in the NHL. You don't lose a guy like that without repercussion. 
Now, you, the year before, you traded for Justin Falk. And Justin Falk has been a very good defensive. He's not a number one. Nope. So, Colton Pareko, you thought he could be that guy. He's not. He may never be a number one defenseman. But because of those situations, you then had to sign Tory Krug um, because you had to replace a top four defenseman. Then you had to trade Sunquist and Wallman um, to get Nick Letty because you needed another defenseman. Yeah. Then you had to trade or let David Perron walk because you needed to re-sign Nick Letty. There's a lot of things that have happened because you didn't keep Alex Petrangelo. So the dominoes, <laughs> the domino effect. And yeah. it is what it is. Like I said, it's not because you didn't keep him. You couldn't come to an agreement. And I think that that's what gets frustrating sometimes for the fan base is, well, why did Army let him walk? Well, maybe Petro wasn't happy with the deal, and maybe he said, no, I don't want to be there. Or maybe Petro said, I want to be there. Maybe Army said, I don't like the deal. Whatever it is. they, In hindsight now, it looks like, oh, well, they should have come to an agreement. Yeah. Probably. If I'm, if I'm the Blues at that point, unless the ask is absolutely astronomical, which I don't believe it was, I think I make that work. But... You also think to yourself, Tory Krug is a really experienced, good defenseman in the NHL. We have Justin Falk. We have Colton Pareko. The expectations were high. Now, it's not Army's fault that maybe they they haven't been met. So hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I still would love to see all 27 on the blue line right now. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm longing for, for the days of, of yore. You know what I mean? Well, a couple of years ago. Just seeing him roaming. And well, you've thrown him on the ice for 30 minutes. Oh, dude, that's 100%. I mean, that's not even an exaggeration. And he was that sandpaper in the locker room, too. He pissed a lot of guys off, like, in a good way. Like, to get them moving, to yeah. get them going. He, he did not ever sugarcoat anything he said. It very much feels like, and I guess I can't say that because I'm not there, but I don't know where the accountability is in the locker room here right yeah. now. The guys are trying, man. This is a tough time. And you, you can't be that guy that's such an a-hole either, that you're always yapping at guys, because not every guy's backyard is clean. And what I mean by that is not everybody's playing great. Yeah. So if you're going to come in and get into somebody, uh, you better be making sure that your game is on par too, because that's the number one thing. I would fire back and be like, really? Yeah. Have you seen your freaking game Right. Lately? Did you see you yesterday you in the second period? You? Yeah, yeah. And so that happens, so you have to be very – you have to be cautious with how much of the abrasive leadership you're going to have. Okay, and then also, too, if you are on this Blues team right now where things are not going great and the playoffs are hanging in the balance, what is the locker room like right now? What What is it like? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you kind of explain it to people, like, what it would be like for you to go to practice today or, or, to, or tomorrow with the way things are going right now? That's miserable. It is. It's miserable. I mean, you, you're not excited to go to the rink. You're not happy about the way things are going. You're frustrated with your play. You're frustrated with the possibility of not making the playoffs. Yeah, it sucks right now. It does. And, and so, you know, the, the only way out of it is to try and start to change the mindset. But in order for that to happen, the, the physical stuff has to start changing too. You have to start playing better. You have to start accomplishing things. That's why I say simplify the game. So then that way there, you feel like you're accomplishing what you're trying to do. When you try to overcomplicate the game, it feels like the wheels are always falling off. You can't dig yourself out of the hole. It's, it's, very, it's very crazy to me to hear you say that, to, see, to, to the simplify thing. Because from talking to you these years and the things in which that your dad have, had, has told you that you use, you know, now, 
is very, to me, very simple, not overly complicated ideas by any stretch of the imagination. It feels like where you learned, your pops, like he had an amazing way of breaking it down to you in, in the simplest of terms. And so I would think that that would also help you not overthinking it when you're out on the ice too, right? Yeah. No, it's it amazing, does. Man. Um, but you have to be aware as a player. Yeah. Like you have to look at the video and go, okay, I need to just, if there's no play, don't try to fabricate one. And, and then play hard. Be tenacious. You know, if, if you're not able to defend for a full shift or at the, and shorter shifts, like literally minimize everything. Bring it down to bare bones and be successful at that and then build your game back up from there. All right. Well, listen, here's one good thing that we got. We got a fat stack of emails from the people that say that they listen to the Last Minute Blues podcast and they would like some of uh, some of my knowledge, but I guess, you know, you can throw some in as well. Because I guess you know you have a thing to say a time or two, but uh, let's uh, let's start uh, get, getting through these guys here. Uh, hey guys, first time, but I have to send this mail. It's by far the best hockey podcast out there, and one of my favorite overall. I'm not even a Blues fan firsthand, but a real Blues fan is becoming because of you. All the best from Germany. That's Stefan from Germany, who is a listener of the Last Minute Blues podcast. Just. Just telling us that uh, that he loves what we're doing. That's awesome, man. Thank you, Stefan. All the way from Germany, too. Yeah, and also, Stefan, can you email us back who your favorite team is? I would very much love to know that. Yeah. If it's not the Blues and you're becoming a Blues person, awesome. Who are you rooting for? I would just love to know that myself. Uh, hey, Donnie, Jeff, and Jamie, first off, just want to say how much I enjoy the Last Minute Blues podcast. Really love the passion that you guys bring along with the knowledge that Jamie shares each week. Last week, you guys talked about Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tay's rumor about them leaving the Hawks. Hypothetically, if either of them came to St. Louis, would they be of any value to the Blues, and how do you think the fans respond to them? Keep up the great work. That's from David. I will handle how the fans respond to them part. I don't like either one of them. I don't like their faces, and it would be hard for me to see them in a Blues jersey, but if it would make this nightmare uh, even better, or make it go in another direction then maybe i could be open to it yeah but that said i don't see either one of these guys as a fit for us that ain't happening that ain't happening one the the age thing and then like you're not going to resign them so that's not that's not the way you're going to fix this problem not at all nope so uh, we'll see those guys going somewhere else. Uh, this one's from Skip. Skip, hey, you guys had a good question about the working relationship between NHL and AHL affiliates. The only thing I can't, the only one, uh, only answer I was still looking for and wondering was about salary. Do the NHL teams uh, pay the player salary? Do they get split between the NHL and the AHL teams? Yeah, the NHL, if you're on an NHL contract, the team pays your salary. If you're on an AHL contract, which means you don't have an, uh, an NHL clause, then the American Hockey League team pays you from their team. So that's how it works. Very good. Uh, let's see. We go on to uh, Jason. Hey, gentlemen, first off, got to say Miss Jeff and his witty, witty banner and everything he did to get under Jamie's nerves. I love listening to the podcast and at times get sad your schedule doesn't allow you to rant nonsense on a daily basis. <laughs> you, you have that just a little bit wrong, Jason, because it was Jeff and Jamie tormenting the bejesus out of me every opportunity in which that they would get. And I would come into the studio all in a huff, and I would see these two uh, these two DBs with this smirk on their face, and I knew at some point I was going to be the recipient of some crap. Yep. 
But it was so much fun. Oh, yeah. God, it was so much fun. With that being said, let's talk hockey. Jamie, do you think the Blues sign Achari for a multi-year contract after this year with a retooling looming in the future? Is his play something Chief would want to keep, or do you think other teams will want to pick him up? I got to say, watching them play Nashville Thursday night got me pumped. I know they can't uh, play uh, with that much intensity every game, but why can't we witness full 60 minutes of Blues heavy checking hockey more than once every three games? Sorry for the rain. I could go longer. Long live the note. Let's go blues and keep the podcast rocking. That's from Jason. Boy, Jason dropping truth bombs yeah. on this one, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, Atari, certainly I can tell you what, that the blues are uh, internally, they have to be discussing Achari on an extension. Um, you know, we'll see how much their play affects that, and we'll see how many phone calls come their way when it comes to Noel Achari. If there's a lot of phones buzzing and they want a Chari. Maybe you get something for him, then you try to approach him in the offseason and re-sign him. But no, he's definitely a player that I could see Chief going, hey, I'd like to keep him. This might be a dumb question, but one of the things that we have talked about or maybe a potential place for Ryan O'Reilly w- would be Toronto and how yeah. Toronto would want him. Would Achari sort of fit that role at all for the Leafs, or they need more they need more skill up front, not just maybe a, yeah. a physical face-off winning guy? No, if Toronto's going to do something, it's going to be for, like, Ryan O'Reilly. It's going to be a big guy. It's not yeah. going to be for Noel Achari. Yeah. I would guess the Toronto media would probably not react to that super gigantically well if that was their their trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, there would be uh, there would be question marks. <laughs> they're a little they're vicious. All right, last one here. New listener to the podcast, and I love it. With the trade deadline coming up, I had some questions about the Blues defense moving forward. Despite all the injuries, I think the D has looked okay. Some of the defensive issues are on the forwards, not the D. With the current group of Letty, Falk, Mikola, Pareko. Tucker, Rosen. Tucker has impressed me so far personally. I think Mikola has stepped up his game. So first, what does Mikola's Mikola's future look like? Does he look good enough to be a top four defenseman? If so, would a new contract what would a new contract for him look like? If he's too expensive, what could we get in a trade? Second, looking at who is currently playing, I think Krug might be expendable. He's frequently injured, more offensive in nature, which doesn't solve our need for more defense from the D anyway. Without him, we still have 8D with Bortz and Perunovic next year. Trading him would clear up a lot of cap space to re-sign O'Reilly. Do you think he's a good trade candidate? If so, what do you think we could fetch in a trade? Thank you so much. So essentially, what the defense looks like, future for Miko Mikola, and Krug as a trade candidate. Yeah, um, well, Tory Krug has a no-trade clause, so you're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Are people interested? Probably. Is he interested? I don't know. He would have to be like, yeah, I'll leave. I'd like to go to this team or that team or, you know, whatever. Um, and I don't necessarily know if that solves your problems. Um, as far as Nico Mikola is concerned, he's been okay. For me, he's kind of plateaued a little bit. And I'm seeing some holes in his game now. Some of his um, his awareness defensively is not, where, is not where a top four defenseman's awareness would be. I think that I think he's a good bottom pair defenseman. You know, as far as re-signing him, I don't know. You know, do you have do you have Nico Mikola and Tyler Tucker now? Like, can he step in and play those minutes? I would argue that he could, and I would argue that he plays a little uh, tougher too. Mm-hmm. Mikola's a big guy, and he gets himself into some situations and whatnot, but it always seems to fizzle. Whereas Tucker seems to be like, I'm in your face, and you're going to like it, right? Like, so, this is where I'm going to stay for the rest of the game. So we'll see. I, I could see Nico Mikola being part of some kind of a trade somewhere for a team that looks for looking for depth. And uh, I, I, I can't predict yes or no, but I, I think that he'll be somewhere else. Yeah. 
Yeah. Boy, oh boy. These next couple weeks, man, are going to be really interesting. Emails, send them to us, lmbp at 1057thepoint.com. It is the last minute blues podcast for our dude, uh, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango. As always, let's go blues, and thank you for listening. The last minute blues podcast. Hear every episode at 101espn.com or 1057thepoint.com. Let's go blues.